traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Nice try. That's close enough, that song. But it ain't what I was wanting. That was, uh, I needed the whole Coke song. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a pass on that. It's not, I'm a great American there. So, you know something? Uh, Greg Kelly is not in. Lieutenant Colonel Greg Kelly today, he's out. I'm sure he'll be back on Monday. Yours truly, Curtis Lee, will be taking you the rest of the way to 3 o'clock. And then it's my Kumbada Cheech uh, uh, Mayor Rudy Giuliani, who I spent time with yesterday, uh, me and my son Anthony, as we were trying to help uh, help uh, the mayor uh, Giuliani sort out a particular package problem, an Amazon package problem. We'll get into all of that later on. Uh, but I want to devote the first part of this uh, show, the Greg Kelly Show, to heroes across America who are not getting their due. They're not getting their, what I would say, the recognition Uh, the recognition and the attention that their heroic acts inspire amongst other Americans. First off, we look here in New York City. It was a issue that dominated the news headlines all across the country, all across the world. It was Jose Alba behind the counter of a bodega on 139th Street and Broadway in uh, Harlem. And he was uh, a vendor hired to basically manage the bodega during the day. Originally, he had been a bodega owner, and he decided, hey, I'm getting older now. I'll just work it. I'll work a nine-to-five and go home and take care of my family from the Dominican Republic. And you've all seen the video that as a uh, female had come in, black female with her child, uh, she wanted about $30 worth of groceries from the bodega, Uh, She had a snap card, which uh, has replaced uh, food stamps, food coupones. And uh, he kept putting it in in the machine, and it was rejecting, rejecting the snap card. So he tells her, hey, the card is no good. Uh, I can't sell you any of these items. 
And so she takes the bag of chips off the counter, gives it to her daughter. He said, no, 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 no. I got to have the chips back. She uh, busts a few blood vessels. She threatens him, says, I'm going to bring my old man back. He's going to take care of this. And when you're in the the middle of the hood, you got to take these threats seriously because they happen each and every day. Whether it's a bodega, a grocery store, mom and pop shop, whatever it is, you got to take them seriously. And uh, true to her threat, uh, her old man came there, a guy who had just finished doing a bid upstate New York for assault and battery of a police officer. And he does, uh, he violates the cardinal rule. He goes across the counter. And I got to tell you, there is a cardinal rule. I was a night manager of Mickey D's in the Bronx in 1979 when I started the Guardian Angels, which uh, I started to stop crime on the streets, the subways, and the parks. And eventually expanded it to 13 countries and 130 cities. It led me to running for mayor this last time around against Eric Adams as a Republican. I lost. He won. Uh, But this city continues to slide into the abyss uh, of violent crime. But in this particular situation, this uh, monster of mayhem crossed over that counter. It's the DMZ. You come over the counter you're a dead man walking, a dead woman walking. I remember when I was a night manager of Mickey D's. If you came over that counter, we had bat sticks, pipes. We beat the hell out of you in the uh, in the uh, kitchen area, then dragged you, locked you up in the freezer until the cops came because it would take them a month of Sundays. Remember, this back in the 70s, there weren't enough cops. You had to take matters into your own hands, as you have to take matters into your own hands in most places in America today because of the defund the police movement and because the police who are active and are working have been rendered impotent in many instances. You're on your own. So as we saw from the video, this guy threatens uh, Jose Alba, pushes him back in his chair. He says on the video, hey, Poppy, Poppy, please, I don't want any trouble. And then the guy goes to grab him. He's going to drag him outside. And you got to understand in the hood, it's probably some of his homeboys waiting. They're going to put boots to the back of Jose Halba's uh, neck, maybe even stick some shivs in him and leave him on the sidewalk to bleed out. That's just uh, the law of the streets. It's Darwinian, survival of the fittest. So Jose Alba grabs a butcher knife that has been hidden for the bodega employee, should things get out of hand, fights the guy off, slices him in the jugular. He bleeds out. And while he's still fighting with the guy, the guy's old lady pulls a shiv out of her pocketbook and stabs him multiple times. Police arrive. They arrest Jose Alba, uh, turn him loose, Alvin Bragg, uh, who uh, has consistently fought for the rights of the criminals and will incarcerate you if you fight back. Put him on Rikers Island, a horrible place to be, especially now in the hot, sweltering heat. And had a $500,000 bail over his head. He had to put up 250000 in cash. Uh, I know I was in court the very day of his first arraignment with my wife, Nancy, who was a criminal defense attorney. We were there just in case myself and the guardian angels, he needed any assistance. His family and friends showed up. He actually had a very good court-appointed lawyer representing him. They negotiated a bond package, uh, $50,000. The judge did it better. He said, hey, look. If you can put $5,000 down, uh, I'm going to cut Jose Alba loose. He can go home, but he's going to have to wear a monitoring uh, ankle bracelet, and he's going to be restricted. He can only leave his apartment if, in fact, he has a medical appointment or he's got to go see a lawyer. The guy was terrified. He was just terrified. you got to understand, in the neighborhood where he lives, Harlem, Washington Heights, Inwood, 
There's a lot of guys who would want to want to attack Jose Alba, would want to kill him, who were friends of the guy he killed. And there's also racial implications. Jose Alba, Dominican, the assaulter, the aggressor, the guy he killed, black, the woman who started it all, black. So, man, there's a lot of racial tension up in that neck of Manhattan. Nobody ever talks about That's true all over the country. Uh, and so now, finally... Uh, turn him loose, Alvin Bragg, who has always defended criminals, uh, decided to drop all charges. So you would thought that Jose Alba would have a party, uh, welcome uh, back to the bodega. Jose Alba won't even leave his apartment. He's terrified. He says, I could be killed in any minute. You would think our so-called law and order mayor, Eric Adams, would assign a security detail to him to say, hey, no, 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 Jose. Wherever you want to go, you go. I mean, it was a violation of your rights that you were locked up for five days to begin with. We're going to make sure you're safe and secure. Wherever you want to go. Nope. You would have thought that Alvin Bragg, the DA who was forced to cut him loose, who has detectives assigned to his office, would have assigned two detectives uh, to escort him wherever he wants to go. He's terrified. He has not left his apartment, even though he is free now. Free. And what does he give as a reason? I am terrified for my life in Fear City. I'm telling you, uh, if you haven't been to New York City for a variety of reasons, I just want to remind you of a movie that many of you may have seen quite a long time ago. Kurt Russell escaped from New York. The whole premise of that is they put all the violent criminals on the island of Manhattan and nobody could escape. That's, that's really what it's come down to. Jose Alba, hero. You would think that President Joe Biden or Vice President Harris would say, let's bring this guy to the White House. Hey, look, he's an immigrant, right? We want to extol his virtues. We want to praise him for fighting back. I will give some credit to our Mayor Eric Adams, a swagger man who has no plan in fighting crime, is that he did support Jose Alba. But I noticed that a number of minority elected officials, particularly of his own background, Dominican, remain quiet. Did not offer him any tactical support whatsoever. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. On that very note, if you notice, there was a situation that occurred on a Sunday night. In fact, it was right outside of Indianapolis. It was a case that eventually went viral around the world because of the actions of a citizen who was legally armed and decided that he would not allow another mass killing take, to take place in that food court. That was uh, Greenwood, right outside of Indianapolis. And in fact, the police commissioner there needs to be applauded because he had spoken time and time again about this um, young man, age 22, who had, was legally uh, carrying a 9 millimeter fully uh, Fully loaded. And after 15 seconds, 15 seconds of watching this other 20-year-old come out of the bathroom, he had been in there for an hour, he had on him two rifles, he had on a handgun, and he also had uh, a lot of ammunition. He came out shooting, shot 24 times, shot three people in the food court dead, wounded another. And then this 22-year-old hero gunned, gunned him down. Shot about eight to ten shots at him. You would have thought that, again, he would have been given the Congressional Medal of Honor, especially in a crime-wracked country now, where few, if any, people show the cuts 
guts and the courage to fight back. In fact, they always say, leave it to security, leave it to the police. In this case, they did not. In fact, he became the talk of many conversations around the country. I'll just choose to uh, air for you the conversation on The View in which one of those who were part of that hen cluck uh, with uh, Joyless Behar uh, and uh, the whole host of others decided to take him on as if he were an enemy of society and a criminal and should have been locked up. They say that a good guy with a gun can control a bad guy with a gun. Well, we saw in Uvalde that that's not true. And you saw it in Buffalo. Yes, we saw it yeah. in Buffalo. In, but we in, saw that in, it is true in, in Indiana. It was true in Indiana. Um, that was a lucky moment. But with this Good Samaritan thing, listen, I was trained when I was at the Justice Department in firearms. And I was trained in defensive firearm training. Mm-hmm. It is very hard to hit a moving target. It is hard for people that are trained to hit a moving target. It is very lucky. Um, that that Good Samaritan hit that moving target in, in, in that way. And he wasn't, he had a gun permit, but he wasn't supposed to be in the mall with a gun. So he broke the he law, even though he, was a, even though he was a, a Good so Samaritan. Yeah, yeah, arrest him, right? Imagine if he hadn't been there. Remember, there was no security uh, present, no armed security. Took the cops a while uh, from the town to respond. And then uh, following that, cops from Indianapolis... Uh, with all the ammunition he had, he probably could have killed 24, maybe more, injured many others. Thank God for this 22-year-old who uh, had a sure aim, didn't injure anybody else, and took him out before he could get back into the uh, uh, bathroom and then rearm and come out shooting again. Our number is one 800 He gets vilified instead of turned into a hero. Let me give you another case. In crime-infested St. Louis, it was, mm, well, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning at a convenience store gas station. When I come back, I'm going to give you the details, and I'm going to ask you if what this citizen did was right or what he did was wrong. In fact, it was a scene right out of a movie. We're also going to talk about the Good Samaritan that is yet to be identified, who in downtown Greenwich where they actually roll Fabergé eggs for their annual Easter hunt. It's such a wealthy area off the New England Thruway. This good Samaritan came out of of nowhere to tackle a thief who had robbed a woman, uh, punched her uh, as she had come out of a jewelry and high-tech store. They were able to get away, but this good Samaritan should be recognized, should be given attention, and should be given an award of some type that would encourage other Americans uh, like him and others out there to do exactly the same to fight back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, finally. Dollar short, day late. This is the song that motivates heroism. Heroes to stand up and fight back, men and women. And it sort of couldn't be at any better time. Because Pat Benatar is now refusing to sing Hit Me With Your Best Shot After Gun Violence. She goes, you have to draw the line. She is folded on this. And interesting, we're going to talk later on about how uh, GOP gubernatorial candidate Congressman Lee Zeldin was attacked on stage last night in Monroe County outside of Rochester. And it wasn't even the lead story in Rochester. Not because the media doesn't give attention to Republicans, but because... A police officer was executed in the streets of Rochester last night. His partner was shot in a crime wave emergency that the mayor had called for just hours before. 
and crime wave Kathy Holcomb hasn't even gone to Rochester. Wasn't even the lead story last night in Rochester. 44 dead, 250 shot, and the cops are prohibited from going into certain neighborhoods because there are orders to execute them by drug lords and by gangs. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Um, Greg Kelly out today. He should be back with you same time, same place on Monday. Let's go to Elizabeth calling from Greenwich, Connecticut. Your turn to be heard here on the Greg Kelly Show. Hi, Curtis. Yes, Elizabeth. Hi. No, you brought it up as I was talking to your producer, uh, the Greenwich incident with um, she was walking out of the Apple store and the sub robbed her. And then Diego Pardo, uh, well-known here in Greenwich, tackled the guy. Thank God for him. But um, um, he got away, and I feel like the Greenwich police have their hands tied and can't do much as a preventative anymore. Um, it's more of the after the fact. Yeah, I, 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 Elizabeth, uh, it didn't receive the kind of attention it should have across the nation. I would suggest to our listeners they get that video uh, as you had so aptly described, this Good Samaritan. What is his name again, Elizabeth? <clears throat> Diego Pardo. Okay. Di- him. Right. He came out of nowhere. Like he was the, the flash. He runs across. He, he tackles this guy with dreadlocks on. The guy battles him. He escapes. Two black guys jump into a silver car. Uh, in my mind, they probably headed out on the New England Thruway, went up to uh, East Bridgeport because, let's face it, it's a hell of a, you can get a hell of a lot more money in, in downtown Greenwich than you can in East Bridgeport. No arrests have been made. But this is what it's going to take to fight back because, Elizabeth, if we the citizens don't fight back, as you said, the cops, they're, 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 they've been rendered impotent. They're not permitted to get uh, physical any longer. They're not permitted to be preemptive. They have to be reactive. So we got to fight back. Give me that guy's name again, please. I want the whole world to know who risked his life to help this woman in distress who had just been robbed. She had actually fought these two guys, these two black guys in downtown Greenwich. What is the name of this guy? Diego Pardo, P-A-R-D-O. P-A-R-D-O. Yeah, P is in Paul. A-R-D-O. I got I got to tell you Elizabeth I'm going to use my bully pulpit uh, to constantly praise Diego Pardo. He should have been brought to Hartford. The governor there should have given him the state's highest honor uh for um for service to community. I mean, he could have lost his life. He should be invited to Washington DC if the president isn't going to do it. Oh, you know, I'm in hibernation. I have COVID-19. Vice President Harris is too busy giggling. Uh, Should have been brought to the FBI and given the highest civilian award for valor. I know they have it. It was given years ago by J. Edgar Hoover to a citizen who had actually fingered the greatest bank robber in the history of America. You know, we ought to give a booby prize. Anybody can recognize who was that citizen who was given the highest civilian honor of the FBI for turning in America's number one bank robber of all time. It wasn't the police. It was, uh, it was actually a citizen who uh, worked in a haberdashery store. Uh, store. There's, an, there's a negative uh, to all of that. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. 
when we come back, though, we're going to be discussing what was an attack against the GOP candidate, Lee Zeldin, at a campaign event outside of the Veterans of Foreign Wars post up in Monroe County, outside of Rochester, that didn't even make the lead story there because of an execution, an assassination that was committed against a veteran police officer of 26 years. He was shot down in cold blood and murder uniform. His partner was seriously wounded. He's recovering in hospital. The city is in a total crime emergency and lockdown. It's a city that at one time, Rochester, uh, was a white-collar capital. I mean, Xerox, Kodak, uh, Paycheck, uh, Fortune 500 companies have fled from there. It's down to a population of 200,000. And after the summer of 2020, the rioting, shooting, and looting has led to a crime wave now that has, is, is the worst per capita per person in all of New York State and rivals other cities in the top ten. And where is crime wave Kathy Holcomb, the governor? You think she's in the number one city with the biggest crime problem in the state of New York? No, no, she's not there. But I'll take you there and describe to you what transpired last night. As this uh, guy jumps on a stage and he tries to slit the throat of the guy running to replace her, Congressman Lee Zeldin. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Excellent selection. Rich Radavalli, who informs me here on the Greg Kelly Show, yours truly, Curtis Lee, was substituting to the 3 o'clock hour. I'm sure Greg will be back same time, same place on Monday. The Governor Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, I call her Holcomb because she's full of nonsense, in the midst of her adversary being attacked on stage last night, we're going to talk about it momentarily, in Monroe County outside of Rochester. And Rochester itself having to declare a gun violence emergency as one police officer, 26-year-old veteran, executed in the streets, his partner seriously shot and injured. Where is she? Cali, Cali. Governor Crime Wave Holcomb is in California. Well, who knows? Maybe something good can come from this. Maybe she's gone out to San Francisco, which was about as hopelessly liberal and progressive as it could be in terms of uh, allowing criminals to commit crime. But apparently they have decided to do a pirouette. And there's actually a push in San Francisco County to utilize all private film, all public film from cameras that are everywhere in the city of San Francisco especially the Tenderloin, the Lower Tenderloin, the Mission, the areas with uh, extraordinarily high violent crime to be used in the prosecution. Uh, That would have been unheard of before, before they turned out the San Francisco uh, DA Boudin in that recall effort. By the way, that Los Angeles County prosecutor uh, up for his own recall, which he will not survive. And believe it or not, he used to be the deputy police chief in Los Angeles, Garçon, to Bill Bratton, considered one of the best crime fighters ever in police departments around America. And it's not just in the big cities. Let me give you a little uh, crime blotter update in one of the most affluent counties in America, Nassau County, outside of Queens, New York. Crime out of control in Roslyn, 
A London jeweler's was robbed by a gang in broad daylight, a smashing grab. Workers were assaulted. Guns were shown everywhere. That night, the Miracle Mile along Northern Boulevard, which has the high-end stores for an entire mile, robberies took place. Cars are stolen out of driveways in broad daylight by crews that come in from Newark, where Mayor Raz Baraka, who cannot control the crime, actually outsources the carjackers to areas in the tri-state area and doesn't think twice about it. And the crime just continues because there are no consequences whatsoever. Little, if any, prosecution, plea bargaining, uh, no cash bail, and obviously a police uh, force that has been rendered impotent by local laws that make sure that they're reactive and not proactive. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's one 800 848 WABC. Let's go to Joe calling from Queens. Your turn to be heard here on the Greg Kelly Show. Joe. Curtis, how are you? How are you, Curtis? Eh, I've had better days. This city is falling into the abyss. (laughs) I see crime everywhere. I'm I'm going out of my mind, Joe. Well, that's why I'm calling. I tell you, I've been listening to the terrible things that happen in the city. And worse, worse than that is the people defending the bad guys and prosecuting the good guys. You know, my grandfather built the house in uh, the house I live in right now in 1927, and um, I don't want to be here anymore. You know, it's a hard time not being here. Like, you know, selling a house is uh, difficult, and selling one that your grandfather built is even, even more difficult. But I don't feel my family is safe. I don't want my family riding the subways. I don't want them even going out. Um, you know, everyone talks about change. But for a long time, Curtis, I've been listening to people talk about change. But nothing happens. And God bless you for continuing because, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm not a quitter, but uh, I'm, it, it doesn't it doesn't sit right with me anymore. I, I just don't know what to do. Well, you know, you know unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, Joe, what's happening is uh, you're probably going to join the mass exodus out of here uh, to places like Texas, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, where. Uh, people, law-abiding people, have the right to defend themselves. I don't know if you've ever heard press conferences with county sheriffs down south when somebody protects themselves from home invaders or people who are trying to carjack them or steal their cars and they go out and shoot them. The county sheriffs applaud it and say, we, we wish everybody went out and did it. It's like day and night. It's like we're in two different countries. North of the border, forget about it. Law enforcement is telling us north of the border, of the Mason-Dixon line, you should not have a legal permit for concealed carry license. And yet we see time and time again where that has helped stop crime in which citizens have got the bad guy and uh, innocent people have been free. In fact, I had teased to you what had happened in this um convenience store gas station right outside of St. Louis, 3 o'clock in the morning. This guy had carjacked somebody, drove the car there, gets behind the counter, puts a knife to a female who is the clerk at 3 o'clock in the morning. Good Samaritan sees this in his car. He's ready to fill up with gas. He comes in. He's got the concealed permit. He asks the woman, are you okay? Because she's shaking. And he, he can see that she's nervous. And then he asked the guy, is everything okay? And he said, no, everything's okay. It's all right. Uh, uh, how much gas do you want? And he could see that it's not working there. So he pulls out his gun. 
He says, let her go now. He won't. He puts the knife right to her throat. Bam! He shoots him right through the head. Yeah! Remember that, that Bronson film? I'm not talking Death Wish. I'm talking when he was a detective. And this guy had gone out and I believe raped his daughter on a college campus. And he tracked him down. And then in the middle of a park somewhere in Los Angeles with helicopters overhead, the guy was buck naked. And the guy said, you can't do anything. I'm crazy. Uh, They'll say that I'm insane. You can't touch me. And then Bronson just takes his gun out and says, yes, I can. Bang! Right through the head. Hey, we need more of that. People need to be inspired. You would think that in the state of Missouri, in Joplin, that they would have a ceremony. The governor would be awarding him as a good Samaritan who probably saved that female clerk's life. And did us all a favor by taking out that cretin with chromosome damage, that that mutant, that enemy of society. Our number is one 800 let us go to Will in Farmingdale. Your turn to be heard here on The Greg Kelly Show, Will. Hey, Curtis. How are you? So people, we think that this is like some type of incompetence or this is some type of, uh, you know, this is an agenda. Okay, look at 2020. You had left wing mobs of lunatics attacking people, taking over cities. Last time I checked, the real insurrection is when police and governments are not allowed to function in an area. Okay, so we had, you know, Chaz and these we called them autonomous zones. Then, okay, we had literal takeover of cities, attacks on police officers, burning down buildings. And who wound up on trial? Kyle Rittenhouse. You have a mall shooter about to kill 40 people, which we've had so much from the left. What happened? We have to stop all the shootings. And then you have a guy stop a shooting. Who do they want to bring up on charges? Yeah, well, 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 yeah let's, uh, let's talk about that. Elijah Dickin, hero, 22-year-old, fully loaded, 9 millimeter. He's in that Indiana mall. Greenwood Park Mall, 15 seconds after this crazed maniac, the 20-year-old, comes out of a bathroom shooting 24 shots, three dead, one injured, and then he takes him out. And what did what did they say on the hand clock again? Uh, I, I forget which one. Joyless Behar. Can, can, can I hear that cut again, please? They say that a good guy with a gun can control a bad guy with a gun. Well, we saw in Uvalde that that's not true. And you saw it in Buffalo. Yes, we saw it yeah. in Buffalo. In, but we in, saw that in, it is true in, in Indiana. It was true in Indiana. Um, that was a lucky moment. But with this Good Samaritan thing, listen, I was trained when I was at the Justice Department in firearms. And I was trained in defensive firearm training. Mm-hmm. It is very hard to hit a moving target. It is hard for people that are trained to hit a moving target. It is very lucky. Um, that that good Samaritan hit that moving target in, in, in that way, and he wasn't. He had a gun permit, but he wasn't supposed to be in the mall with a gun. So he broke the he law, the even, though he was a, even though he was a, a, a good so Samaritan. Shawshank Redemption, right? Twenty years in the hole. What is this woman crazy? This guy's a hero. Now I know the FBI has a meritorious award for citizen activity. The feckless, weak FBI director, by the way, was recommended to former President Donald Trump by Shamu El Jefe, Chris Christie, because he was Chris Christie's lawyer. He hid the telephone that would have revealed that Governor Chris Christie, in fact, was responsible for the stoppage of traffic on the George Washington Bridge. And he ends up becoming FBI director. Remember, FBI used to be forever busting Italians and then the attack on 9-11, forever busting Islamists. And of late, it's for meddling in our political system. Award this guy, Elijah Dickin. What do you mean lucky? He capped the guy. 
You know, they would have preferred if this guy, this nut job, this screwball, this 20-year-old with two rifles, with ammunition galore, with a handgun, who didn't even have a car to, to go to the mall. He walked all, to, all the way to the mall. He, he had this. He was planning this for weeks. He melted down his laptop in his oven before he left his apartment. He tossed his iPhone in the turlet, trying to destroy information on it. And then he goes on what could have been easily 20 or more people killed, many more injured. Elijah Dickens saved so many people. No armed security there. No security. No cops. And he is being vilified by some. This is heroes on parade. This is the only way we take back our country, take back our streets, take back our suburbs, take back our cities, is if people themselves fight back. Let's go to Jeff, who's calling from Long Island. Your turn to to be heard here on the Greg Kelly Show, Jeff. Hey, good afternoon, Curtis. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, Jeff. Yeah, so put the shoe on the other foot. Let's say this guy who attacked Lee Zeldin attacked Former Governor Mario Cuomo, this guy would not see the light of day. Mark my words. No, no, you're you're absolutely correct. But, I mean, let's look at the circumstances. The GOP candidate running against uh, crime wave Kathy Hochman, who Rich Radabali informs me is, is not even in the state of New York today. She's fled to California. Uh, not even dealing with all the crime problems we have here, the attack against your adversary. You would have thought, Jeff, as a um, as um, a gesture, she would have offered him state uh, police security the rest of the way to November 8th just to make sure he's safe and secure. He, uh, he might have taken it. He might not have. She didn't offer that. And she didn't even go into Rochester the very day that uh, the attack against Lee Zeldin wasn't the lead story, the attack uh, against a 29-year-old Rochester police veteran shot and killed in the street, an execution, his partner seriously injured, the mayor there having to declare a crime emergency. And where is uh, crime wave Kathy Holcomb, uh, Jeff? In California. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I do believe Zeldin has a good shot. I think Long Island might boost him in there. And, you know, I, I wish the guy luck. I'm not impressed with this Hochul at all. Well, you know, Jeff, uh, I've done the analytics. Uh, he is going to win a majority of the areas uh, throughout the state. It is a red state, except uh, the further you go south. So when you go downstate, mid-Hudson, he's got to do well. He probably will. He will sweep in Nassau and Suffolk, uh, Congressman Zeldin. But he's got to get more than 30 percent of the vote. Uh, in the five boroughs of the city of New York to win uh, the governor's election. And I will do whatever I can within my capacity to campaign with him, having been the mayoral uh, candidate of the Republican Party, who got just about 30 percent against Eric Adams, which was unprecedented, also won the Asian vote here. He's going to need a high Asian turnout. Uh, He's also uh, a Jew by birth. Uh, He's a Zionist. He's got to play that up. It's not like he reinvented himself. He's got to go into these Jewish communities. Holko obviously is not Jewish. She's Irish. Uh, she really doesn't have any contacts downstate in the Jewish communities. Uh, and he can win a a good Jewish turnout of voters in the general election, most of whom are Democrats. Uh, but he's really got to spend his time in those communities because they will turn out for one of their own, like ethnic, religious, and racial groups always do for their own. 
except you got to go in there and you really got to campaign. And I'm sure he'll do that. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go, if we can, to Tony calling from Orange County. Your turn to be heard here on the Greg Kelly Show, Tone. Curtis, how are you? Uh, I just want to say that, and I'll give you an example as to why. Until honest people stand up and start fighting back and cracking the heads of these would-be burglars and everybody else, you have to do what you have to do. And if you happen to be legally licensed to carry a firearm in the state of New York, as am I, uh, and you have to use it to protect yourself, you do so. I had an incident, it was 9-11 last year, in a Walmart store, and Walmart has given tens of millions to the Antifa types and the Black Lives Matter types, and, and, and we're paying for it in increased prices in the store. But one night I'm in there on 9-11, it was about 9 o'clock at night, and three shoplifters were coming out of the store, and the, the lady at the front door asked me to help her, and I did. And I chased and caught the taller of the three, grabbed him, ripped his backpack off his back, retrieved the merchandise, gave it back to the store. A few minutes later, I left the store. Time to go home. So I left the store, going to my car. He's outside waiting, and he's jumping around in the street. The guy's about a head taller than me. He pulls a uh, look like a homemade knife out of his pocket and got down in a knife-fighting stance. I have an inside-the-waistband holster, if you know what I'm talking about. All I have to do is raise my shirt and put my hand down toward the handle of that that, firearm, and all he did was yell, oh, shit, and ran for his life. Never (laughs) saw him again. (laughs) Yeah, and you see, Crime Wave Kathy Holcomb, uh, Eric Adams... uh well, has no, the swagger man has no plan about crime. They're more afraid of you, the legal law-abiding gun carriers, than they are of the criminals. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What is this, the mamas and papas here? What, are you trying to calm me down? Is this like a form of musical Prozac here because I've lost it? I have an ma- anger management issue towards criminals. I, I understand. I see the staff here, the Greg Kelly Show, saying, man, you're losing it, Curtis. You're losing it. I always lose it because if we don't get emotional about this, if we don't go out there and fight for what we know is right and we allow these politicians of all different backgrounds, Democrats and Republicans, to continue to spew propaganda, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to do anything. Anyway, we'll continue. It's Lori who's calling from Harlem. Your turn to be heard here at the Greg Kelly Show, Lori. Hi, good afternoon, Curtis. It's always a good opportunity to hear you again on the radio. It fits into your theme. Always broadcasting, Curtis. Ah, thank you. Um, so there you go. It's a good choice that um, Greg Kelly uh, had you to sit in for his absence. Anyway, the reason I'm calling is when new offices are – I'm talking about – what I want to talk about is uh, new offices, when and if they're hired, when they do come out of the academy – with all the offices leaving, the uh, veteran offices, the more experienced offices, you talked about it yesterday on your show, yes. and you're talking about it again today. These new guys coming out, the new cops that might be placed and hired, they may not have the quick thinking 
that the older, more experienced veteran cops have. They may not be able to make good decisions and have good street sense that you need as a police officer, and as a result of that, there may be more mistakes made. We need these old, off, older officers to stay, but with what's happening, it's not going to, you well, know. Well, I'll give you an idea, Lori, of what's uh, transpiring. Uh, in fact, uh, yesterday I'm on the subway. I'm on the subway each and every day. And I'm walking up and down to make sure things are cool, calm, and collected in the cars. And I look up and I see one of the posters and a series of posters. The Norfolk Police Department advertising for recruits from the NYPD. Starting salary, 54500 a $17,000 bonus. And they'll pay for your moving expenses. And they're advertising on the subway systems of New York City. I know for a fact, although the cops aren't going to admit it, that recruitment officers from other police departments around the country have come to local precincts and recruited our cops. And they're offering better packages. They're giving them an opportunity to be cops in a lot of these uh, sheriff's departments, municipal police forces, uh, uh, villages, boroughs, townships. And cops are leaving. We're we're all, we're down at thirty four thousand five hundred cops. That's a dangerous level. You're supposed to have seven thousand five hundred uh, detectives. They're the ones who, uh, when an arrest is made, they end up uh, doing the investigation. That oftentimes lead to further arrest or the primary arrest, or at least builds the case uh, against that individual or individuals who've been arrested. We're down to 5,500. Those are your most experienced men and women in the department. And this mayor and this city council, Eric Adams and the city council, didn't appropriate any nickels, dime, or pennies to hire any more police officers that we desperately need. Remember, a billion dollars was removed from the police budget by the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, Bill de Blasio, who hopefully, as he gave up on his congressional race to take a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball to our country in the House of Representatives, will go back to Boston, where he's from, permanently. And uh, this stain, this stain that he's left in our city is going to take so many years to recover from. But we don't have enough police. We don't have enough correctional officers. The big story of the day, believe it or not, in the newspapers is family and friends of inmates on Rikers Island. It only has about 7,000 inmates now at one point uh, when Rudy Giuliani was mayor and he had Bernie Carrick as his uh, correctional uh, chief. They had close to 20,000 inmates with nowhere near the problems. You know what the big issue was? Oh, we need air conditioning on Rikers Island or you should let all the inmates out. Air conditioning! When I got locked up, you know, and I've been locked up all over the country by police departments who hated me, who said, you're a vigilante, you're trying to do our job, mayors who locked me up the moment I set foot in their town, Detroit, Chicago, Los Angeles, I could go right on through down the line. And they put me in a cell, eight by four foot cell, or maybe with a a Maytag, because that guy would be my Maytag. I wasn't going to be his Maytag. And when it was hot and sweltering, you take a towel, you put it in the toilet, you flush it. The water is cool. You make sure it's clean water first, you still nods there, right? Yeah, you wash out the bowl. You put it over your head. It cools your head off. And then you take your socks off. You put your feet in the toilet. You flush it a few times. It's a poor man's jacuzzi. As long as your feet are cool and your head is cool... You'll be cool in this hot, sweltering, humid heat. In fact, up next, 
in the Greg Kelly Show, we're going to be talking about the drain on our electrical grids. Not so much here in our tri-state area, but all over the country where temperatures have soared past 100. Austin, Texas, 40 days of 100 degrees or more. And what are they going to do to avoid the brownouts? Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, somehow if Greg Kelly were here today, I don't think you guys would be playing this song. Uh, nah, nah, I, I, I just don't. Run DMC, right? I, I do not think Christmas in Hollis would be his call. Greg Kelly out today, but he'll be back same time, same place uh, on Monday. And then I'll be followed by my kumbadi chase, Rudy Giuliani. Oh, you got to hear the story. Me. And Rudy and my oldest son, Anthony, went looking for his missing Amazon packages. We walked in to a building where supposedly they were because you take they take a picture and send it to you. Can you imagine the guy behind the counter who is shaking? He sees Rudy, Mr. Crime Fighter, and America's vigilante, Curtis Lee, and would say, where are the packages? Give up the packages. He's shaking. And then out on the street in the shadow of Einstein Hospital there, a guy from uh, Senegal, from Dhaka, wants to take a picture with Rudy. Some other white guy passing by him, some like, who do you want to take a picture with that racist? The guy says, man, this is the greatest mayor we ever had in the city of New York. What are you talking about? Hey, why don't you go to Senegal, Dhaka, where I'm from? And my, my, my son finally took the picture. We sent it to him. Oh, he thought that was the best thing he's ever had happen to him in New York City, running across Rudy Giuliani right there on the corner of 66th in York. In the shadow of uh, Einstein uh, Hospital. Hopefully he uh, was able to get his packages. He'll give us an update. Anyway, a few other notes before we get back to all the phone calls. The president has COVID-19. Told us he had cancer the day before in Massachusetts. Maybe we get a two-for-one. Because Fauci said he would retire when President Biden's term is over, right? Maybe we get both of them out of our lives. Problem is we end up with (laughs) Giggles Harris. Then Vladimir Putin, we were told Vladimir Putin, he's, he's just about dead, right? Oh, my God, he's got blood cancer. Uh, he's going to have a heart attack. Uh, he's got the same uh, problem that Muhammad Ali had, Janet Reno. Uh, and <laughs> he, he's got, he's shaking like a leaf. Now it turns out the CIA says, uh, we were entirely wrong. He's really too healthy. Uh, he could last like another 30 years. He's taking a licking and come back taking. And then this brings knockers to my heart. I hate the Bitcoin bandits. I hate the cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers. I hate the black, the blockchain ripoff artists. Crypto traders are charged in New York City for the first ever cryptocurrency inside a trading case, of which will be uh, so many more to come. As they're hiding out in Puerto Rico, it's a tax shelter for them now. Scamming money from all of you unsuspecting investors. Just know it's all one big Ponzi scheme. Do not invest in Bitcoin, blockchain, uh, or cryptocurrency. And then finally, the 43-year-old man, the Iraqi war veteran who jumped on that stage in Monroe County outside of Rochester and tried to uh, slice 
uh, Lee Zeldin uh, right in the jugular. He had a sort of device, I guess you could call it a cat-like uh, object. Uh, it's like a martial arts weapon. Uh, some would have a cubiton on their keychain. Others have this on their keychain. And he definitely went for him. And he was slammed and jammed on that stage. And guess what? He was released on his own recognizance. No cash bail. Doesn't matter. Try to kill a gubernatorial candidate. And where's crime wave Kathy Holcomb? Is she offering him some state police to campaign with him the rest of the way to November 8th? No. Uh, is she going to Rochester, which just declared a crime emergency, the 44th murder they've had this year? A uh, whole gangs control streets that the cops can't go into. A police officer was executed last night while on patrol. His partner seriously injured. You think she'd be sending in state troopers? She'd be leading the charge in there? No, she's leading the charge against sharks. That's right. They're sending in helicopters, jet skis, more lifeguards, more sightings of sharks in Quag. Oh, the great white shark came up on the beaches of Southampton in Quag. Everybody out there is like, oh, my God, my life in Suffolk and Nassau and in the Irish Riviera in the Rockaways. So if you have a crime problem anywhere in New York State, just claim that your assailant, uh, the person, the perp, was a shark. And I'm sure you'll get the full attention of crime wave Kathy Holcomb, who's in California today. What the hell is she doing in California? Uh, probably having tea and uh, scones with uh, pretty boy uh, Gus Newsom uh, in Sacramento as he plans his presidential takeover of Joe Biden, right? I mean, come on. It's kind of obvious. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. Let's go back to the phones. Michael calling from Brooklyn. Uh, your turn to be heard here on The Greg Kelly Show, Mike. Hey, Curtis. We're just getting more and more of you before the weekend even starts, huh? Oh, absolutely. Remember, uh, always broadcasting, Curtis, until the day I die. (laughs) Amazing. But listen, I don't know if you heard about it. The news just broke, but an entire police department in North Carolina just resigned after a manager was hired. An entire police department and everything that's going on in the world. Have you ever heard of such a thing happening? No, no, but it's going to be happening more and more as the cops are rendered more impotent, uh, as they have more oversight, preventing them from being preemptive from doing their job. Uh, And you're seeing it here in New York City, the largest police department in the country. Not only normal, um, uh, normal, uh, uh, normally cops leaving because they've maxed out at 20 years for their pension, uh, you have those uh, who are leaving early, getting their pension early, and you have those that are resigning to get jobs in other police departments where they're being lured. They're actually being lured from the NYPD. And our governor here, Holcomb, Crime Wave Holcomb, and Eric Adams, uh, the swagger man with no crime plan, not even spending a penny to hire any more cops, Michael, which you know is just going to lead to more crime, more fear, more fright, more hysteria, and more flight south of the Mason-Dixon line. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's crazy what everything is turning into. You know, I'm only 26. But even when I was a teenager, my generation, we were scared of the cops, even though we did stupid stuff. But, you know, now I look at my little cousins and everyone else that's, you know, younger now committing these crimes, and they just don't care at all. They're not fearful of anything. They're just doing whatever they want. And it's true. The police presence is so low now. Even, you know, I'm in Sunset now. 
And I hardly ever see cops around here. And the kids are still doing the exact same thing. They were pre-COVID, now, and always. It's oh, just so bad. I got to tell you, uh, used to be years ago, a cop would tell you, hey, uh, get off that corner. If I come around again, I'm going to give you a wooden sham- uh, shampoo, an attitudinal readjustment, a concrete facial. And they would. And they knew you were up to no good. You got to leave it to the street smart sense of a police officer on the beat or in a squad car who knows the neighborhood, knows the characters, uh, and can do a jump out and do a stop and frisk. In none of those locations that are suffering a crime crisis is it being mentioned that the cops should go back to doing stop and frisk. Not to the same extent they were doing when the last four years of the Bloomberg administration they had 700,000 stop and frisk. That's crazy. Uh, and Bloomberg wanted quotas, quotas uh, on uh, police officers every day doing stop and frisk. Even the PBA chief, uh, Patty Lynch, said, hey, you're killing us in the streets, in the community. You're turning the community against us. It was so much better when Rudy Giuliani took over the city after barely being elected against uh, the crime wave that continued under David Dinkins. Remember uh, Eric Adams' mentor? Uh, he was able to impose the proper use, the constitutional use of stop and frisk, which uh, is a prime tool that police officers need to do. He'd average about 150000 a year under First Bratton and Safer and then Bernie Carrick. And in the last four years of the Bloomberg administration, Bloomberg was trying to set an all-time record. He actually imposed quotas, which you say to yourself, a quota on a stop and frisk? Are you out of your mind? And yet I noticed Michael Bloomberg the other day, the other day was at Gracie Mansion. He had all these mayors invited by uh, Eric Adams, uh, who has no plan. The swagger man has no plan of crime. And he's standing there, and none of them are pointing to him as the guy who overused stop and frisk. He was forgiven because you're probably all making donations to their nonprofits. Uh, that's the way uh, Michael Bloomberg always was. He thought everybody had a price, and he believed that. Well, guess what, Bloomberg? Everybody doesn't have a price. Anyway, let's go back uh, to the phones. It's uh, Giuseppe calling from Astoria. Your turn to be heard here on the Great Kelly Show, Joey. Hi, Curtis. How are you? Uh, <laughs> just a, a funny story. There's a, a girl. She's a, a barmaid. You know, she works in a restaurant. She's 55 years old. This girl got breast cancer, and she's got like four stints in her body. So her ex-husband comes up to the bar where she's working, and he hassles her. So the end of the story is she, Jody, oh, I don't want to mention any name. She's from the Bronx. So she, the guy who, who loses the fight is the ex-husband. Two, two weeks later, they come and arrest her. They wind up putting in her uh, in 114 precinct. She's there for two days. she got to go to Central Booking. she got to go all over the place. And they finally let her out, and now she's got to go to court for this jackass that pressed charges. It's amazing. Yeah, and first off, I mean, think of it, Joe. Why would a guy admit that he got his ass kicked by a woman, right? It's like, that's shameful enough. Right? You're not dead. You're okay. Hopefully nobody finds out about it. It doesn't go anywhere past the Cheers bar there. Everybody in the Cheers bar knows. But now you're going to have her arrested? You know, that just leads to the case that Rudy and I have been talking about over and over, and there's still no resolution. A bartender, a 58-year-old white grandmother of six biracial grandchildren, 
was on the Q57 bus, which is uh, on Woodhaven Boulevard in the central part of Queens, going out to the Rockaways. Three African-American young women approach her. Uh, They start disparaging her because she's white. Uh, They ask her, oh, you like Trump? And she says, oh, I love Trump. And they beat the living daylights out of her. Nobody on the bus did anything. The bus driving didn't stop nothing. He keeps driving on. Uh, They got off a few stops later. In fact, when they were passing a cemetery, St. John Cemetery, they said, you know, you're lucky. After we get through with you, we'll need to bury you there. She had to go to the hospital, Jamaica Hospital. She had to get stitches. A bartender herself, she was visiting her mother. And you know that was July 9th, right? I hate crime, right? Right? These three black girls, their pictures are everywhere. They weren't even wearing masks. They're smiling at the cameras. They're waving, high-fiving one another. You would say, hey, NYPD, you got a hate crime unit? How come you haven't made any arrests? You know why they haven't made any arrests. You know why Eric Adams hasn't had a press conference. He's, uh, you know, live at five with uh, Mayor Eric Adams. He's like Lenslice. Because she said she was a Trump supporter. They haven't done Jack Diddley Squad anything. I've called every precinct there. Curtis, Curtis, come on, Curtis. I don't have to tell you. Hey, how come you haven't prioritized it? Well, you know, why? She's a Trump supporter? She's white? Imagine if it was reversed. Imagine if she was a black grandmother and there were three MAGA hat wearing uh, young teenage girls who beat the living daylights out of her, right? You'd have crime wave Kathy Holcomb there. You've had, uh, you'd have Eric Adams. You'd have every elected official there. What, Mishikash? We got to stop this. Death penalty. Oh, that's right. We're not for the death penalty. Nothing. Watch. There probably won't be an arrest. Two drive-by shootings against women. That never, ever happened before in New York City. Never. The drive-by shooting was invented by Al Capone after he got kicked out of New York, went to Chicago, took over the mob. Then he used drive-by shootings to take over the mob there. Then you saw it in Los Angeles, Bloods versus Crips. We never had drive-by shootings here. We've had two drive-by shootings back-to-back, two straight days, one against a woman standing on a corner with her two kids, one of them in a baby stroller uh, on Mott Avenue in Far Rockaway, the other in Staten Island just yesterday. No arrests. Nobody's seen anything. They're all saying snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. See, I hit the microphone. I'm just so angry. And what the hell is anybody doing in New York City about it, including the cops? Because you can't blame the DAs for this until an arrest is made. What about crime wave uh, Eric Adams? Oh, more crime now than there was with de Blasio. Well, you you know, it's uh, the criminal justice system. No, it's you, you fake, phony, fraudulent fugazi. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This would not be a Greg Kelly selection, I can tell you that. By the way, uh, uh, Rico Radabali here is wondering if uh, I had about three cups of coffee today. None of your BIB business, but hey, did you see the report? Three cups of coffee per day could help you live a longer life. When I was growing up, they said, oh, kids shouldn't drink coffee at all. You know, all of a sudden they'll get hooked, they'll get addicted. And if you were drinking more than two cups of coffee a day, you could drop dead of a heart attack or maybe have a stroke. Now they say, drink, drink coffee. 
Maybe a double latte. Right? Go to Starbucks. Hey, always had Howard Schultz there claiming he's got to close Starbucks because of all the crime. Don't trust Howie Schultz. I grew up with him in Canarsie. He grew up in the projects, Bayview. I grew up a few blocks away. We're the same age. He's the CEO of Starbucks. He's also closing a lot of these Starbucks because his baristas are unionizing because he doesn't want them to unionize. So he's closing them. Don't trust Howard Schultz. Uh, I remember he used to go out there to the Lucchese social clubs and be a card shark. Owed them a lot of money. Hey, did I ever tell you about Howard Schultz out there, CEO of Starbucks? Nobody called me a fascist. Called me a fascist when he was running for president ever so briefly as an independent. Somebody in the audience said, hey, what do you think of your fellow Canarsie, Curtis Lee? He said, oh, that fascist in the Red Beret. Anyway, let's get back to the phones. Oh, uh, update here. Rich uh, Radabali letting me know the entire North Carolina Police Department in question that has resigned. Ken Lee is doing so because they have a new town manager who is very progressive in her various positions. In fact, she left Norfolk where the police department was up in arms over what she did there. And as I told you, they're recruiting actively in New York City to hire cops. 57500 to start. $17,000 bonus, signing bonus. Want to bet a lot of NYPD will be walking into their precinct saying, I want to file my papers. Why? Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, I'm going down, you know, Norfolk, uh, Virginia Beach, you know, that area. Yeah, better, better quality of life there. No, no, no. Better pay, more respect. Uh, and less hassle than you have here in the NYPD. Let's go uh, to the phones. It's Sandra calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here on the Greg Kelly Show, Sandra. Oh, thank you for taking my call, Curtis. Um, I just wanted to say I heard you say on your earlier show today that your wife, Nancy, has so many litter boxes to clean. And I just wanted to tell you that I have the Robo 3 litter box, and I I want to recommend it to you. You might need several of them because you have so many cats, but in the long run, it might be worth it for you and Nancy. This this could be a lifesaver for me because uh, my wife, Nancy, who rescues cats from the shelters to make sure they're not destroyed because they only can live 72 hours in New York City before uh, they are euthanized. Uh, she has said, I got to start changing the litter boxes for 18 rescue cats three times a day. Now, I could get a double hernia. You know, women, they, they don't have that problem, Sandra. Guys, uh, you know, all of a sudden, the three-piece set drops, you got problems. You got problems. So I think this could be my remedy. By the way, you know, they have that new video game, Stray. The number one video game is not San Andreas Fault. No, 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 no. It's not shooting them up games. It's Stray. It's about four little kittens who are stuck in a dam, an abandoned dam, and they work their way out as a team, as a family. They go through this drainage pipe, and one of the lead kittens falls into this robot area and helps the robots fight against the blobs. It's the number one video game in America. It's about little kitties. So the next time you guys make fun of me, say, oh, here comes the cat man, huh? They did that all through my campaign as mayor. They say, oh, you're going to change the litter today, huh? A tough guy, cat man. I say, I'll punch your schnoz right down your throat. Watch it. Watch Stray, the number one video game in America. And you know, video games are mostly played by guys with high levels of testosterone crashing through their cranium. Anyway, let's go, if we can, to uh, Mike, who's calling from uh, the Poconos. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Mike. 
Curtis, 1954 was a good year. Spoke to you many times over the 30 years. And I'll tell you, man, you had me laughing before. I was a drummer back in the day, too. And jazz, blues, rock, the best in Motown, Sliding Family Stone. No, no doubt. <laughs> uh, you know, I was going to talk to you, Curtis, and you touched upon so many things. Okay? Uh, racism, people, is out of control. It's a two-way street. Okay? And what's going on in the country uh, is outrageous with violent crime, murders in the streets, democratic cities, killing uh, I, 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 I got to tell you, Mike, big problem today is it broke my heart. Pat Benatar, right? Hit you with my best shot, 1979. First female performer on MTV. We can all remember that. We say, oh, man, you don't want to mess with Pat Benatar. She'll hit you so hard, your mother will feel the vibrations, right? Proud. Feminist said, yeah, I want to be just like Pat Benatar. I'm not taking this stuff anymore. Pat Benatar now refuses to sing, hit me with your best shot, because of gun violence in America. She said, you have to draw the line. I can't believe this. She's ready to go into the, the Hall of Fame. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Her, her husband, the guitarist, right? 11, 11 great albums. This is the one song she's best known for. She say, you better play this the last time. She's going to pull it from the Spotify list. That hit you with your best shot promotes gun violence? Has she lost it? Is she smoking too much Maui Waui? Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, blood clot. Yeah, Yankee, man. Somehow, I don't think this would make the cut on the Greg Kelly show. Don't worry about it. He'll be back same time, same place on Monday. Eddie Grant, Electric Avenue. Perfect lead-in, though, for what we have to discuss because it affects everybody around America. It's the drain on the grid. There is a fear that there will be a series of brownouts, possibly blackouts, throughout the country. Uh, you think we got it bad here in the tri-state area? No, even though it'll be in the high 90s with hot, sweltering, humid heat until maybe the middle of next week. There are other parts of the country like Austin, Texas, 40 days, temperatures over 100 degrees. Other parts of the country where drought is affecting the crops, the further west you go, the less water there is. Uh, Everybody takes water from the Colorado River once you get past the Rocky Mountains and there's no There's no more water to tap in. I mean, serious, serious issues here. But when it comes to energy, this is amazing to me because nuclear energy is the clean energy. It could be giving us so much clean energy to run all the needs that we have to put the lights on, to run the air conditioners, to run all the other appliances, charge up your iPhones, your smartphones, the computers, the laptops. All the energy needs can be met by nuclear power. And yet we're running away from it. Why? We got the fear of Three Mile Island. Number 1979, not far from us, uh, right over in Pennsylvania. By the way, Pennsylvania, which is where Three Mile Island uh, partially melted down, it's out of service, has more nuclear reactors 
creating energy than almost any other state, only Illinois. So obviously Pennsylvania didn't run away from nuclear energy. But, oh, boy, the rest of us, we certainly do that. I remember that movie, China Syndrome, with Jane Fonda and Michael Douglas, and then they had that TV series, Meltdown. Scared the bejeevers out of people. Scared them away from nuclear energy. And then you look at Manhattan, right? Manhattan, the economic engine for the world. Our energy for so many years, and in all five boroughs in Westchester, was created by Indian Point, the nuclear reactor right south of the Tappan Zee Bridge. I'll never call it the Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo Bridge in Westchester, Bucolic uh, Buchanan. It's now been taken offline. It's mothballed, decommissioned. So in order to replace all that energy generated for the five boroughs in Westchester, we have to burn more natural gas. Natural gas that everybody else is burning and adding, obviously, to the carbon footprint out there. You would say, but that's not cleaner energy. It's cleaner, obviously, than petroleum or coal. And then you say to yourself, we're in New York. We don't allow for hydraulic fracturing, uh, fracking like they do in Pennsylvania. We have the Marcellus and Utica shales just waiting for us to frack. And we won't even do that. And you say to yourself, hmm, okay, it's going to be a problem. Got Oyster Creek, Salem, nuclear reactors in New Jersey. And then, as I mentioned, Pennsylvania has five nuclear reactors. And those folks out in uh, Long Island, like uh, Rico Radabali, whatever happened to Shoreham? You spent, like, what, $6 billion to build a nuclear reactor there, Lilco, on the Long Island Sound, 60 acres, never generated a watt of electricity. Oh, you're afraid. Ooh. The China Syndrome, Jane Fonda, Michael Douglas. Oh, my God. Let's hope we don't have a brownout, potentially a blackout. Those of you who are veterans in 1977, that was a bad one, the blackout. Oh, the looting. No shooting, only looting, and only the threat of cops pulling out their shotguns and stopping the looting ended up causing two days of looting to stop in the Bronx in Brooklyn. Our number is one 800 Eight four eight nine two two two. Let's see if we can go here to. Um, let's go to uh, Dolores, who's calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here on the Greg Kelly Show, Dolores. Hello, hello. Yes, Dolores. Hello. Yes, um, uh, I'm seventy nine years old, mm. and <laughs> I live alone in Brooklyn. Mm. And um, uh, in nineteen seven, in the seventies, it might have been nineteen seventy three. I didn't drive, and I got on the Ocean Avenue bus to take to go to my mom's house. Mm. And the bus was crowded. Mm. And there's, there's a junior high school not far from where uh, I live. And all these kids got on the bus. They were all, they were standing, they were sitting, and this one elderly lady got up to exit the bus at the rear end of the bus. And I noticed this boy going through her pockets looking for whatever, and. I just uh, automatically, I just got up and started screaming that there's a robbery, robbery, thief. And uh, everybody just sat there. It was like the twilight zone. And I had my two children with me. They were two and three years old. And this kid, who must have been all of 12 or 13 years old, comes up to me because I started yelling, stop the bus. And he comes up to me to my face. And he said, if you don't shut the F up, we're going to F you up, you and your kids. And both my kids put their heads in in back of me. They were terrified. Yeah. So what could I do? I couldn't do anything. Yeah, well, you know, the and difference no is... Out. No one said anything. And no that, one... that happens all the time, especially when school is out. 
you have merchants that will close their doors. They'd rather not do business between 3 and 4 because it's total chaos, anarchy. It happens on the buses, happens on the subways. But, you know, if you were in Phoenix, people like yourself, Dolores, who are like 73, 79, they're strapped, 44 magnums, uh, not concealed. They're out there. I have guardian angels in Phoenix. When I visit them in Phoenix, I go to the ATM machine. They're like two elderly senior citizens from Minnesota and Wisconsin there because, you know, uh, they all fled down uh, to Phoenix. That's the fastest-growing metropolitan area in the United States. And what do they have on their hips? 44 magnums that you can see. (laughs) And you say, I am not messing with that AARP, that's for sure. But you see, God forbid if Dolores were to carry a concealed weapon here, (gasps) what might Dolores do with it? Shoot those kids. That's what she might do. And guaranteed, those kids will be never messing with a senior citizen again. Have you seen all the senior citizen crimes? How many senior citizens have been attacked? Nobody comes to their aid. Eventually, some macho maniacal guy who just got out of the gym, you know, lifting dumbbells because he's got a muscle between both ears. Oh, I'm going to video this. I'm going to put it on my Instagram. It used to be, if you were a man's man, you drop everything, you get involved. They don't do that anymore. They, uh, you know, I don't want to take a risk. Uh, no, no, no. But it happens every day. The kids get out. They go wild on the subways, the buses, local merchants, mom and pop shops, convenience stores, chain stores. They, they have to lock the doors for at least an hour, hour and a half. They're like locusts through a cornfield. And nothing gets done. Nothing. And the cops, you call the cop. Nothing. Forget about it. They're not coming. You know, when, when Michael Baricic, Rudy Giuliani, was mayor, you think he tolerated any of that? He had this guy, head of the department, Lou Animal. This guy was a beast, an animal. Lou would say, hey, what? You're, you're going in there. You're going to give them wooden shampoos. You're going to start kneecapping them. Oh, yeah. I remember. Lou Animal. You talk about high levels of testosterone. This guy's eyeballs would be popping out as he'd order police into areas. And first and foremost, Rudy Giuliani, who follows us at three, would make sure the senior citizens were safe and secure. You did not want to harm a head on a senior citizen's head because that would be prioritized. Meantime, I bring you back. White grandmother on a bus in Queens attacked by three African-American females their pictures everywhere, smiling like jackals, hyenas, no mask on, beat the living daylights out of her, uh, decried her for being white. Obviously, nothing she could do about that, right? <laughs> you know, you think they would have attacked slamming Sammy Sosa, who is whiter than her now? It might have. You never know. But anyway, they said, oh, you a Trump supporter. She said, I love Trump. Boom, they hit her again. She's bleeding. Nobody's coming to her aid. They pass the cemetery, St. John's. They say, we're going to bury you in there. They've been on the lam since July 9th. It's a hate crime. You haven't heard Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, or any of the cops respond to this. You know what I think I'm going to do? You know, me and... uh, me and the mayor went looking for his missing Amazon packages yesterday. Boy, that put a lot of fear and fright into people. Me and Rudy showed up. Where are the mayor's packages? I think we're going to have to go out, get Bernie Carrick, the former police commissioner, and solve this crime ourselves. Because the NYPD don't want to do it. The hate crime unit has probably been told, oh, she's a Trump supporter. Tough noogies.
That's what you get in New York City. Anyway, let's go, if we can, to uh, Jed, who's calling from Bucks County. Your turn to be heard here on the Greg Kelly Show, Jed. Hey, it's, it's Jed over here in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Hey, I want to agree with you with the nuclear. Any kids out there thinking about something to do, nuclear is so clean and pure, and it's, it's stupid that we disregard. You know, they want to dot the East Coast with big windmills. They're, they're going to have to set, like, uh, two two thousand pounds of concrete into the seafloor, and then run a cable back to land. You know, you hook up three one hundred foot extension cords, and you want to take your circular saw and cut some two by fours or some plywood. You know what? After a while, you know, too long of a cord, you lose power. So it doesn't make sense. Jed, gotta- I, I have a much better idea when it comes to wind. Our political officials and those running for office uh, shed such hot wind. They're so full of hot air that they could actually uh, they could actually cause a turbine to go round and round and create electrical power. You talk about hot air. You talk about wind energy. And then the very people that are promoting windmills, which I don't have a problem with because, sure, it adds to some of the power, but it's not going to provide most of the power. When they wanted to put him off of Cape Cod in Martha's Vineyard when uh, the swimmer, Ted Kennedy, was alive, he objected, Jed. He objected outside of Martha's Vineyard. He said, it's going to spoil the view of Martha's Vineyard, all the liberal and progressives. By the way, I don't know if you've noticed, all the great white sharks have headed up to Cape Cod and Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, yeah, they're leaving the South Shore, Long Island, and uh, the Irish Riviera and the Rockaways, and they're heading up to Cape Cod and Martha's Vineyard. Anyway, let's go if we can to Mike, who's calling from Long Island. Your turn to be heard here on The Great Kelly Show, Mike. Curtis, how great is the uh, governor of Texas? You know what he's doing? Uh, you hear, you hear our, our mayor complaining and the mayor of Washington, D.C., complaining about the illegal immigrants, that uh, they're overwhelming New York City. Oh, yeah. In fact, he, he had another press conference yesterday, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, uh, decrying the influx of illegal aliens, claiming it's a real burden on New Yorkers. And then all of a sudden he's attacking Abbott in Texas and the governor in Arizona because they're filling up some of the illegals that are pouring across the border. They're not being stopped and they're sending them to Washington, D.C., and then they're leaving it up to the illegals to figure out where they're going to go. So if you cross the border. I mean, just think of it. If you crossed the border, Mike, and you had options to go, wouldn't a lot of them come to New York City anyway? Probably, probably. But do you think this is going to change anything if they continue doing this? Do you think it's going to encourage the governors down south to continue doing this? Well, I I think they should. Yeah, Mike, I think they should because they shouldn't have to have the burden. It's the Biden administration and the woman who's supposed to be in charge of the border, Vice President <laughs> Harris, who hasn't even been to the border. I'm in charge of the border, but I'm not going there. Neither has the president, by the way, been to the border. But they're on the, they're on the border. They have the checkerboard flag of the Indianapolis 500 going, underlay, underlay, come on, come on, underlay, come on in. And then Eric Adams says, uh, yesterday he was decrying this. This is wrong. We got 3,000 illegals here. They're in the shelter system. And then today he said, give us your tired, your poor. We're a sanctuary city. Make up your mind, Eric Adams. By the way, you don't have the burden. We have the burden, the taxpayers. Eric Adams, 
doesn't have the burden. His only burden is figuring out what nightclub he wants to raise the roof at night as the mayor of nightlife because that's that's the only thing he's mayor of in New York City. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, this would definitely not be a Greg Kelly song. I cannot see him churning, swirling on the dance floor like a whirling beavish like yours truly, Curtis Lee. As I take you to the top of the 3 o'clock hour, breaking news we should know probably in the next hour. As to whether uh, Steve Bannon has been found guilty of contempt of Congress, the jury has slipped a note to the federal judge, says we have a verdict. Uh, so when my Kumbada Chief Rudy Giuliani comes on uh, from three uh, to four, he'll definitely probably have the information. The other thing I would add, uh, uh, Mayor Eric Adams, a swagger man who has no plan to fight the ever-rising crime problem, had appointed, if you remember, a, a gun czar, a guy named Andrea Mitchell, Andre Mitchell uh, of a group, that has ripped off taxpayer dollars, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, called Man Up. Uh, this was back on June 2nd, said violence interrupters would deal with the growing crime problem. They haven't because their whole policy is snitches get stitches and end up in uh, ditches. They don't uh, work with the police. We haven't heard this guy since. <laughs> and by the way, uh, when you talk about illegal aliens coming across the border brought over by coyotes, in Phoenix, it's the only city that has more money being sent to Western Union in Phoenix to pay off the coyotes for the rest of the trip of the illegals, then gets sent south of the border to Mexico. The remittance that a lot of the Mexican or the uh, Central American laborers will send back to their towns or villages. Uh, uh, so Steve Mannon has been found guilty of contempt of Congress on both charges, refusal to appear for a deposition, refusal to produce documents. Originally, he said he was going to fight this. He was going to give testimony. He was going to get on the stand. And then he pulled a forgetzi. Uh, no testimony. Uh, the government had like two witnesses, slammed and jammed them. That's it. But I think in this case, he wants to be a victim. I think uh, Steve Bannon will revel in the fact that he has been found guilty and will claim that he's part of uh, this conspiracy as part of the committee of January 6th to take out everyone who is close to Trump. Look, uh, much better than me in speaking about this is Rudy Giuliani, who knows Steve Bannon. I, I really have never met the guy. I have no idea who he is. I've just heard of some of the things that he's talked about over the years. Anyway, let's go, if we can, uh, to uh, Viviana calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here on the Greg Kelly Show, Viviana. Well, Curtis, I would have I voted for you, and I am so uh, upset that New York City has gone down the drink. But the reason I'm calling is that Hochul, I believe, should be sued by the pain for putting on her website that people should go to Zeldin's um, rallies and disrupt them and, and uh, stalk him. Two people got injured. His two people got injured. And people have to, um, have to make sure that they call Hochul, that they call and, and let people know that we're not, we're not thugs, you know. And, and Curtis, I'm telling you, um, if the guardian angels were there, they wouldn't have been able to do to him 
how would she like it? And Hokel, if you're listening, or some of Hokel's people, how would you like it if Zeldin said the same? But he's a gentleman. He wouldn't say the same. Well, so, Vivi, Viviana, we, we saw uh, Governor Crime Wave Hokum, and I call her Hokum because she's full of nonsense, recently go to Belmont Park for the last leg of the Triple Crown. She had 90 state troopers with her, 90. She was booed by the crowd. She deserved it. She had, look, never saw security like that for any, any governor. By the way, you never saw Andrew Evilize Cuomo or Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo go to Belmont Stakes. They hated horse racing. I saw Governor Patterson. You know, he, he's, hey, he's my, the stepfather of my oldest son now, uh, Anthony. I said, uh, hey, take my wife. And he did. But anyway, you should have seen him at Belmont State. Hey, Curtis, come on in. He was like welcoming every. He was like a mosh pit for him. He was like diving into the crowd. I remember when Bill Clinton was there, he had the racing form upside down. Like he, he knew about it. He knew nothing. The crowd was singing God Bless America. Like what? For Bill Clinton? Oh, he's a horseman. He's a horseman. These <laughs> fake, phony, fraudulent politicians, Democrats, Republicans. But. Rich uh, Radabali has informed me that uh, crime wave Kathy Holcomb is in California, probably meeting with pretty boy Gus Newsom, who has destroyed uh, California and probably comparing notes on how she can further destroy New York. Although he's probably saying, why don't you back me for bumping off Biden? You know, Biden's got to go. Come on. You're in New York. We're California. Then there's Illinois. The three of our states, we can do it. We can do it. I wouldn't doubt it. But let's look at what crime wave Kathy Holcomb could have done. She could have uh, asked uh, Lee Zeldin, who is her uh, adversary, would you like some state troopers the rest of the way to November 8th? Because we want to make sure you're, you're safe and secure. She didn't do that. Uh, you think she could have gone into Rochester, which was declared a crime emergency area just yesterday in the morning by the mayor there. They've had uh, 44 people shot per capita, per person. It is the most violent city now in the state of New York. 250 people shot, 44 murdered. And just last night, the reason that the attack on Lee Zeldin was not the lead story in the Rochester News, you say, oh, that's because they don't give attention to Republicans. No, because a 26-year veteran of the Rochester Police Department was executed in the street by gang members. They came up and they shot him over and over, and they shot his partner, who luckily survived. He's in hospital. And so they're going to have to do a lockdown in the city. There are whole blocks that are controlled by drug dealers and gangbangers, and the Rochester Police Department has ceded the city streets to some of these drug dealers. Now, you would have thought Crime Wave Kathy Holcomb would have said, hey, we're going to put this down. I'm sending in state troopers. I'm calling upon other county sheriff's departments to flood the city to let everybody know in Rochester that they're going to be safe and secure, that we're taking back the city from gangbangers and drug dealers. No, in fact, what they should have done is said, we're under siege by sharks. Sharks have taken over, come right out of the river basin there, taken over the streets of Rochester. She would send helicopters. She would send personnel. All you got to do is have a shark emergency from Quag. Southampton, the South Shore, Suffolk, Nassau County, the Irish Riviera and the Rockaways, and Governor Hochul, she'll send all the equipment that you need to suppress it. Drones everywhere. She sent Jack Diddley squat bupkis. Nothing. 
to the city of Rochester. So if there's one thing we can all do, those of you who can vote in New York, is you got to make sure that crime wave Kathy Holcomb is booted out of office on November 8th and that uh, we all elect Lee Zeldin, who could have been sliced up uh, last night on that stage, went right for his jugular, said, this is for you, I'm going to end you, and he almost did. Up next, Michael Baticic, the mayor, Rudy Giuliani.